1: Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. I'm your host Allison and today I'm joined by everyone's favorite in all the land, Ryan Pryor. Ryan, thank you for joining me today.
0: Was uh I'm
1: I'm so glad you're here. I'm so that glad. That was
0: that was my early 2000s commercial impersonation.
1: I loved it. That's one of my favorite early 2000s commercials. Too. That was
0: a good one, wasn't it? Was up. It was
1: very it was very good. Yes.
0: Um sorry everyone, I'm a little bit I'm not under the weather. It's just I got a lot of allergies right now and so like my head's all full of fog. It's like my there's a mm. thunderstorm in my brain. Mm. Um,
1: yeah. and so That's called Tennessee.
0: Yeah, so like for the next couple of days I'm just going to be uh you know feeling like crap. So
1: You know there is medicine for this. You I, do know the, that. I right? I've taken
0: 2 pills today. I've taken 2 whole pills.
1: What did you take? Zyrtec? What kind of adv- Zyrtec?
0: I don't know. The the tiny pill. The 24 we live hours in Tennessee.
1: It's not going to cut it. You got to take I took, something uh, a little some extra. Kind of
0: ad, some kind of Advil. Some kind of Advil something.
1: That's just a pain reliever. That's going to do nothing Advil for congestion. allergies.
0: Advil congestion.
1: Yeah, that's for like a cold. That's not for uh, like, you know, allergy symptoms.
0: Well, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to say Allison, uh, uh, Allison asked me to, my friend Allison, they're going to say, who's that? He asked me to come <laughs> get some better medicine. And the woman at the mm-hmm. CBS is going to look real, real weird at the whole thing. All right. Yeah. Um anyway.
2: But you uh fine.
0: well I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Okay. So uh, we are
1: we are revisiting something that we put on hold a long time ago at this point. Um, but I was actually watching the uh the post last night and did not remember how much it was focused on this topic. I don't know how, but it was did, did you watch the post
0: in preparation, is that what? No. Is that why you we were just the like, I'm watch oh, the post? Oh wow!
1: It's been a long time, and then when I turned, I was like, "Oh, I totally like I remembered the plotline, but I forgot it too. It just kind of was serendipitous." So, Ryan, tell them what we're going to be talking about.
0: We're going to be talking about the Pentagon Papers today, which yes. uh, has a lot to do with Robert McNamara, uh, who we talked about in a past episode in a past life. We talked mm-hmm. about Robert McNamara, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing uh, to discuss. It is. Uh, Very important, historically speaking, and has to do with four different presidents, not just the one we all know and love, Mm -hmm. John Kennedy.
1: That's right. That's right. And we're going to get to that. But first, I've got segments prepared here. Well, I say me. Anya, my amazing head of research, prepared these. She's wonderful. So uh, for our inspiring clip of the week this week.
2: One of the inspiring notes.
1: President John F. Kennedy's remarks on the 20th anniversary of the Voice of America. And this happened on February 26, 1962. In
2: 1946, the United Nations General Assembly passed a resolution reading in part, freedom of information is a fundamental human right and the touchstone of all the freedoms to which the United Nations is consecrated. This is our touchstone as well. This is the code of the voice of America. We welcome the view of others. We seek a free flow of information across national boundaries and oceans, across iron curtains and stone walls. We are not afraid to entrust the American people with unpleasant facts, foreign ideas, alien philosophies, and competitive values. For a nation that is afraid to let its people judge the truth And falsehood in an open market is a nation that is afraid of its people.
1: Now for our recommendation segment.
2: Of course, then we would uh, recommend it.
1: I'm going to go ahead and recommend the post because I just talked about it and it makes sense. It works with this. Great film. I have to finish it tonight. We we fell asleep, but still great film. (laughs) It's not because of the film. And also she put on here, and I highly recommend as well, The Fog of War, which is a Robert McNamara documentary. So, that's what I got. What do you think, Ryan? I love it. All right. We ready to get to it? Yeah. Let's do it. Teach me. Teach me all the things.
0: So, so the report of the Office of the Secretary of Defense to the Vietnam Task Force, otherwise known as the Pentagon Papers, uh, was a special report commissioned by Robert McNamara, whom we have talked about before, who was the Secretary of Defense under both Kennedy and Lyndon Baines Johnson. Mm. The bane of Allison's existence, but...
1: The joy the bu- of your life. The
0: joy, the buoy of mine. <laughs> that was a put weird a way to say that.
1: I'm put it on t t-shirt.
0: So McNamara uh, was, of course, inspired to do this during a visit to the Kennedy Institute of Politics in November of 1966. Uh, basically, it was suggested to him that he should uh, look at how and why the U.S. had gotten into or become involved in Vietnam, which had um, what had been achieved and what were the mistakes. You see, by 1966, the Americans had been involved in Vietnam... Basically, since the 1950s under Dwight Eisenhower, I think we've talked about Vietnam a little bit over several podcasts over the last 117 podcasts. But uh, but yeah, basically, he wanted to to commission this, and McNamara was a big supporter of the Vietnam War. He, you know, we've talked about Domino Theory in the past. Remember, we talked about Domino Theory on one of the podcasts. I do. And we talked about how the Cold War really impacted the way that Kennedy came about his presidency, but McNamara took it to a whole other level. He really believed that the United States had an obligation to keep communism in check, to keep places from falling to the communist threat, because again, it was an ideological war as much as it was a war of bombs and bullets. Also, by the way, some would say that Vietnam was known as McNamara's War. I'm not sure how you feel about that, given that it was instigated by Eisenhower, progressed by Kennedy, kept going by Johnson, and then finished by Nixon. What would you say, would you agree with that statement that it was McNamara's war?
1: Not necessarily. Also I think in the movie last night, if I'm not mistaken, didn't it say it started the idea started with Truman or something. He was somehow Yeah, involved
0: oh there. yeah, all the way back, right? Yeah, yeah, um, that's what of course, of course remember before before Eisenhower though. I mean it was Truman and Vietnam wasn't Vietnam. It was right. French Indochina.
1: It was a long Process.
0: Yeah, long process. Mm-hmm. And basically McNamara claimed that, that study, the study was authorized uh, to preserve materials which documented decisions made during the war uh, because he believed that they would be lost or destroyed. It was also believed, interestingly enough, and this doesn't have to do with John F. Kennedy, but it has to do with another Kennedy, Bobby. That it was believed by some, also prob- promulgated by... President Johnson himself, that Bobby Kennedy, who was friends with McNamara, and also who was for ending the Vietnam War, was uh, actually the one who convinced him to commission it. There was never any proof of this, uh, and McNamara actually later said in his own words uh, that that was not true in a book called In Retrospect uh, in 1996. But I don't know, you know, that's up to you. That's a much less interesting um, rumor than perhaps some of the other ones are, uh, but you know it could be that that Bobby Kennedy was actually the guy behind the Pentagon Papers altogether. Any have you heard? Have you ever heard about that? You have you have your, you never heard anything about that? That's okay. I, I you know that's a that's a different one. You I know? mean,
1: I've heard I've heard about that before, but I, I mean it's all speculation and
0: who knows, right? Um, so thirty six officials from the Pentagon, the State Department, and the military and various other think tanks and universities worked on this report, but McNamara did not have any actual. He didn't have any actual, like, he didn't do anything with it. And I think the more interesting thing was, this was, by the way, started on June 17th, 1967, was when they started this, about a year after he came up with the idea. And then McNamara leaves the Defense Department in February of 1968. And I think that's fascinating, right? You, you commission this thing that I think at the time didn't, think it was, didn't seem it was going to be such a big deal. But then, like, you leave and you're like, all right, cool. Like, and you, he probably forgot about it. He probably commissioned this report, and then a year, like less than a year later, he's like, "All right, I'm leaving." And this report, and by the way, the machine, the cogs already moving, meaning there are people whose daily lives are built around working on this every single day after he leaves. Isn't that fascinating? It was finished on January 15th, 1969, uh, five days before Richard Nixon's inauguration, uh, and sent a copy. And it was sent to the Rand corporation. Uh, it composed, it was composed of 47 volumes, all classified as top secret or sensitive. That's kind of how all this thing got started. We're going to talk about later what happened in the post. Right, which is a movie about how the Pentagon Papers were leaked. But right now, we're just going to talk about those, and we might even save that revelation part for another for another time because it's such an interesting situation about how it came out. But the Pentagon Papers were published, uh, never shown to the public from the, by the government. Right? It would take another few years, and the workings of several reporters of the New York Times to get it published. But here's what the Pentagon Papers discovered. After two years of writing, and McNamara commissioned it, and McNamara leaves, okay, uh, here's what it basically found. First, it found that the major issue in the Vietnam War was not, as President Johnson and President Kennedy and President Eisenhower said, to prevent independent uh, Vietnam Okay, and like, and, and to secure an independent v, uh, South Vietnam that actually wasn't under communist rule, but rather to help contain China. That was the first, the big revelation there. That, that that in fact, the war was not done to save South Vietnam. In fact, there are some speculation that without the war in Vietnam, South Vietnam would not have existed to begin with. South Vietnam would have been was sort of a, a country in and of itself created by the United States. And, and supplied and, and put up by the United States. But rather that um, – and the decision to bomb and attack and, and, and escalate the war was less about Vietnam itself because they didn't view Vietnam as a particularly valuable target in the first place. But what they didn't want was China's influence spreading south into the subcontinent, which I think is interesting um, because this is sort of the time when Americans start to feel very – Distrustful of their government, we talk Mm -hmm. about the 1960s. The late 1960s is a time where America starts becoming very distrustful of their government, and specifically Nixon and Johnson are the ones who sort of the two presidents that push this this feeling forward. But uh, this is sort of like again a big example, and the government had done this before of the government lying to the people, pushing forth a narrative that that furthered their own goals without being honest. There's the first one. Um, It also found that under five different presidents. Not only had five different presidents lied about what they were doing in Vietnam, but they had also purposefully done things, committed like actions in American lives, money, whatever have you, uh, to like directly enhancing or enlarging the war war effort. There, Harry Truman had aided France uh, with with military aid during the French Indochina War. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower. Uh, basically was uh, a big in, uh, you know, the supporting of the South Vietnamese cause uh, and also may have unwittingly or wittingly broken the Geneva Convention, which is pretty interesting, right? The Geneva mm-hmm. Convention, there's our like sort of rules of war. And then Kennedy, basically Kennedy was blamed by the by the Pentagon Papers as basically escalating the war in terms, into something larger than in what it was. So John F. Kennedy was sort of blamed, not blamed, but sort of, the the issue that the, the Pentagon Papers made with Kennedy was that he had taken the war from rather relatively a relatively small incident uh, of global affairs to something of much greater caliber, something that Johnson couldn't ignore afterwards, uh, or Nixon themselves, and uh, basically had said that instead of it was instead of creating what was called a the quote unquote a limited gamble, he had turned it into a major commitment uh, of American armed forces men and material. And then under Johnson, basically we began waging a covert war with, uh, with spies and espionage so that by the time Nixon becomes president, the war is something so much bigger, and Nixon refuses to be the first American president to lose a war. You see, that was the kind of thing you don't really understand about, about Vietnam War. Why people don't get why they didn't just end it, why Nixon, who campaigned, by the way, on getting us out of Vietnam, who's saying, I will end the Vietnam War, why didn't he just end the war? And the, the big reason is Nixon was so proud that he did not want to be the first American president to, to lose a war. Uh, there is a great book called One Man Against the World, The Tragic Tale of Richard Nixon, that goes into great detail about this, this sort of back and forth that he had um, with the idea that he could at any time end the war if he wanted to, but he uh, c- could not bear the idea of being the first mm-hmm. to lose.
1: Sounds like Nixon.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does sound like Nixon, doesn't it? Well, basically, it also found out that without the support of the United States, um, there would have been no South Vietnam, specifically, which was created between 1955 and 1956. Um, that without the, the 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 threat of U.S. intervention, South Vietnam would not have been able to uh, give, did not like, would have had to have given in um, and would have basically had to have been over, and would have been overrun by Viet, uh, Viet Minh armies. Uh, and that without the United States... Um, the Diem regime, certainly, uh, which was, again a, again, a military dictatorship, would have not survived. So, again, you've got the Pentagon Papers basically saying that the United States basically created the country of South Vietnam, that the Vietnam War was basically just a passion project for five U.S. presidents, and that every president since Truman had had a role. And, and again, by, 19, by 1969, f- tens of thousands of Americans have died in Vietnam. Countless millions of dollars have been spent on this, and protests across the country are erupting constantly to end this war. Um, And the Pentagon Papers basically expose all of that. It also, again, one of the things it said, and one of the key facts was that the United States government had consistently and over time neglected to fully inform the United States populace and Congress of various like, matters, uh, that they had lied in any number of circumstances to achieve strategic goals, and that by the time the Pentagon Papers were released, the legal and moral justifications for U.S. involvement in Vietnam had pretty much gone away. By, the, by 1969, there was no reason why the United States should have been involved in Vietnam anymore. The original ideology was no longer there. Uh, The government wasn't sustainable without American intervention. And again, even without the Pentagon Papers, there were thousands of demonstrations and protests across the country happening every single year. And it wasn't revealed until the Watergate scandal, uh, which of course, you know, took down President Nixon, uh, that Nixon himself had unlawfully authorized attempts to discredit not only the Pentagon Papers, but eventually the writers for the New York Times who helped expose them. But I just think it's fascinating, Could you? I mean, just thinking through a thought experiment of having McNamara create this thing that would eventually come out later, after years after he had commissioned it, and years after he had left the Pentagon, that would basically help un- upend a president. Like the Pentagon yeah. Papers were a big reason why, like Nixon's Watergate scandal was so, like was amplified. It tarnished the, the it tarnished the image of Lyndon B. Johnson and Dwight Eisenhower,
1: and of McNamara.
0: Yeah, and of McNamara himself, who basically regretted. Yeah. Who later said that I think that he regretted that he even commissioned the report in the first place because, you know, what the what difference could have it made? And uh, that's a that's basically an overview of what the Pentagon Papers were. And, and so so again, our connections here to Kennedy are one that McNamara may have created it in response to Bobby Kennedy's urgings, and that McNamara was of course the Secretary of Defense under both Kennedy and Johnson, who were again central to that. Camelot that we talk about all the time on this podcast. Um, And that the Pentagon Papers were this secretive document series that had become... Bigger than what I think McNamara originally intended. It was not intended to be this major thing when he made it. It was intended to be something that shed light on the largest geopolitical issue of the day. And instead, it created a political firestorm by 1971 when it became began to be released in this very interesting story that's displayed, of course, in The Post, the movie The Post. And uh, is actually quite fascinating, in my opinion. So, one of the things I want to say also is that it, this is also significant because the Pentagon Papers came out to the public in 1971. The war would not officially end until 1975. Okay, we had begun a process of what's called Vietnamization, which was Nixon's idea of basically slowly shifting the war from our troops down to the like into the hands of South Vietnamese troops. But what do we know now about South Vietnam? Basically, without us, without our support, they would have they they, it's basically like Afghanistan, right? One of the one of the I mean, Afghanistan is our modern Vietnam. We did Vietnam again. It's crazy. We lost less soldiers, but we just did Vietnam again. So so you got the situation where you hand over to the authorities. What happens? They, they can't do it without us, right? They don't have that capability. They didn't have the money. They didn't have the training. And they didn't have the political will either. The second thing I want to note here is that there is zero, like there's no speculation about the legitimacy of the Pentagon Papers. They are, there. The, the source material they used was government documents from over 15 years of interaction uh, surrounding Vietnam. So there's no, there's no like, there's no like conspiracy theory surrounding the Pentagon Papers. It's that, like they were created. It was literally a, a, like a regular old government uh, report that was that, that McNamara just like was like, Yeah, this'll be good. You know, we should do this. That turned into one of the biggest like political scandals of the 21st yeah, century. It's
1: huge, like expose.
0: And imagine if you will, now here's where the conspiracy theory in me comes around. Ready? Just a little Here bit. He is. I know the, I know you like it. And I know, I know, I know, you know, some of some, you know, probably some of your fans like to get into the conspiracy theories a little bit.
1: Let's everybody put it does. In, that is my opinion. Hey,
0: that is my opinion. That is
1: my opinion.
0: This is my opinion. What other seemingly innocuous reports are sitting in safes, in think tanks, and in the Pentagon's old dusty file cabinets from like way back in the day, just waiting to be revealed? You know?
1: What is in the president's book of secrets All right, from National Treasure? <laughs>
0: this is not National Treasure 2 book of secrets.
1: Such a good movie underrated
0: oh my god do you know what the, this my students don't know about it about national treasure i oh made a joke gosh, the other that day breaks in cl- my we heart. were we, we were reading that we were reading the declaration of independence in class and uh welcome to my class and uh i was like now just and i gave them copies of it and i was like just so you guys are aware there's no secret map on the back of these and they were all like what
1: oh <gasps> no and i was
0: like how have you not seen national treasure Fun at all
1: fact my first boyfriend when i was 12 Uh, shout out if you're listening (laughs) but he uh he asked me on a date yeah he asked me on a date to go see the first national treasure together i was not allowed because i was 12 and my parents said no but he then proceeded to after seeing the film you know how he tries to like light a match and use a lemon wedge or whatever and like whatever i can't remember but uh he did that and started a fire in his room (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, that's my national treasure story. I love that. We worked out. We're happily married. Just kidding him. Oh,
0: that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Um, okay. Well, but uh, and, and so just as a, as as a sort of final finality here, just as a sort of a, a recap, and I, I'm going to skip over talking about the events of the post. You can watch the movie, and maybe we might want to do an episode on that. You know, a short episode on that later. I think that yeah, would probably it links be good. Because least Ben Bradley too. It really does.
1: Major Kennedy. I story. have
0: info here, but I think it's probably worth its own episode. If I had maybe to guess, Maybe we
1: do a Ben Bradley episode because he's yeah, that'd really be good. interesting. Yeah.
0: I would love that. So just to talk about, the most damaging revelations of the Pentagon Papers basically revealed huge mishandlings of public information uh, and, and also massive secret keeping to basically prop up a war uh, that was at that point being fought only to preserve people's egos. I think that's really important to, to note here, that this war was basically being fought to preserve the egos of members of Congress, of generals, and of presidents by this point. And the report, uh, which, again, basically came out, you know, in the, towards the end of the war, but not, def- not at the end of the war, basically associated these percentages to what, why we were fighting Vietnam. Are you ready?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. First, the majority of the reason we were fighting in Vietnam was to avoid humiliation. That's it. Full stop. The report says we were looking to avoid humiliation. Can you believe that?
1: That's a big yikes.
0: 50,000 men dead
1: yeah. and
0: countless other hundreds of thousands wounded PTSD for the next 50 years, uh, destruction of a country, the largest bombing campaign in, in, in world history in Cambodia. They're still finding bombs constantly in Cambodia to help avoid a humiliating defeat for the United States. What tragic. a ridiculous concept. Yeah. Very tragic. The next reason was to keep South Vietnam uh, away from China. Okay, that was the other one, right? The big reason was to keep, to keep China out of Vietnam. And then finally, very small, but was to permit the people of South Vietnam to enjoy a better way of life. So the very least concern we had, it was a, it was a concern, but was to help them avoid the ray the of life. Also, mm, to try to get out of it with, like, without too much embarrassment, so by mm-hmm. the end, they were trying to end it, not like humiliation. Like to accept defeat would have been humiliating, but they wanted to get out with to, without too much embarrassment. So they kept trying things to try to get North Vietnam to come to the table. Which by trying things, massive bombing campaigns and things like that. What it was not, and what it was never, what Vietnam was never intended to do, according to the Pentagon Papers, um, was to help anybody. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily like we could. We said to prevent the spread of communism, but it was really more to prevent the spread of China. We weren't well, that's there that to help.
1: Theory that we've talked right,
0: about. right. Yeah, we weren't there to help the people of South Vietnam. We certainly weren't there to help Americans. And again, I think this is really what what this the Pentagon Papers also really f- hastens this real giant distrust that existed amongst the government that really didn't go away until Ronald Reagan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like the 1970s is just an example of the uh, uh, it's just constantly thing after thing America not trusting their own government for good reason. And I think we're back there a little bit. You know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Can I put that on a shirt? Well, it's already a big phrase. You wouldn't be unique there. Although I'm sure it's, I don't think it's copyrighted. History does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And what we're seeing today, I think, is, is one of the, the big distrust in government has a lot to do with the, with the Iraq and Afghan, the war in Afghanistan. I think those two wars really shook our foundations. I think we knew by 2008 that the wars were being fought for no good reason. That we had been lied to. Um, if you have, if you guys haven't listened to the mo- one of the, the the last year's slow burn, if you guys don't listen to slow burn, one of the best podcasts out there.
1: I've been told that is very good. I need oh to listen. all of
0: the slow all of the slow burns okay. are good. The first yeah, three are about that. Nixon, Clinton, Nick, the Nixon Watergate scandal, the Clinton scandal, and uh, Biggie and Tupac. Ooh. Fascinating. Oh, so good. Um, and they did the one about David Duke. Few years ago, yeah, and then last year they did one on the invasion of Iraq, and interesting, it's amazing how much we just made up to justify going and invading Iraq. So you take Iraq yeah. and Afghanistan, you watch the, the I mean the last scenes out of Kabul, you know, last, you know, in 2021, if you recall, in August of 2021, we're just. Devastating, right? We were devastated by what happened because it was just a, a, a terrible end to what was otherwise a, a wasteful war. And I think we're in a sort of, we've been in a sort of similar position in the last five or six years where Americans have just been distrustful of their government for a lot of reasons, not just the ones that perhaps political pundits would like you to just sort of pick out. So yeah, that's the Pentagon Papers uh, in 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 our little thirty minute format, right? We could obviously, I'm, I'm sure you could do ten or fifteen podcasts on this, um, but you know, I think we've we've connected it to the Kennedys. We've talked about it a lot. We've already talked about we. If you want to go back and listen to uh, our two part series on Kennedy and the Vietnam War, there's some context that can be added yes. to this, and uh, I think it would be very interesting to go back and listen to those
1: absolutely thank you prior and you thank you for pushing through with what i know yeah I, I do apologize i think i probably allergy, yeah seasonal
0: yeah it's terrible it's awful you actually I sound hate it. pretty good i appreciate you sound that way
1: better than i do when i have allergies so you're doing very well
0: well i try my best
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pryor, and we will have you back on soon, of course. Everybody's well. All you
0: out there in Radio Land, enjoy your week week, and uh, hopefully, I will
1: say, I feel like we cut back on banter this time, probably because you don't feel so well. But our reviewers will be so happy.
0: I know you're going to have like 30 minutes, 35 minutes of like just talking about history and uh, no banter.
1: One ex-boyfriend story. One. One.
0: Here, hold on. Here's some banter. Have you uh how has the Whopper Whopper Double Whopper jingles gotten out unstuck from your head recently, or you finally gotten rid of that?
1: I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: After every uh, commercial from the uh, from the Super Bowl and from like college football, it's like Sing Whopper it. Whopper Double Whopper oh, Junior yeah, 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 yeah. Bacon Triple. You know. Whopper
1: Whopper
2: Whopper Whopper Junior Double Triple Whopper.
1: It, it didn't stick for me. It didn't stick. It didn't stick. So, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. No, I was singing that for months. I have a few things that stick in my head all the time. You know the intro to Devil Wears Prada where their feet hit the floor and they're like, Never seen it. Your face is a map of- What?
0: Never seen uh, the Devil Wears Prada. What? Love, Love everybody in that movie. Okay.
1: Never seen it. So you need to go watch that ASAP. I can watch it
0: Caroline, we're watching the Devil Wears so Prada.
1: Great. I'm sure she's seen it.
0: She, she is, says it's just okay.
1: Oh, God, that breaks my heart. It's okay. I'll, I will love her through it. You need to go watch it, I'm telling you. But anyway, there's an intro song and they're like, Your face is a map of the world, it's a map of the world. And sometimes when I get up, I like hear that in my head. Her face is a map of the world. That is stuck on repeat all the time, and then another thing that lives rent free in my head is "No Air" by Jordan Sparks and Chris Brown. Tell me how I'm supposed to be no air. It just pops up all the time. So those are my two. I love things. it. All right, yeah. I'll
0: go listen. I'll, I promise I'll go listen to that.
1: You've never heard "No Air" by Jordan Sparks.
0: Uh is it how to live with no air? With air. Uh, that one does. Okay, never mind. I, I will go watch the Devil Watch Prada. I won't okay. I won't have to go, go listen maybe, to that. Maybe song.
1: maybe Caroline just needs to see it with fresh eyes. Maybe got she it. needs to. I like got that. I get
0: it. Okay. I like well, it. Go do
1: that. Go do that. Okay.
0: We will. So there's some banter for you. The people who love the banner. The banner was here. Here was
2: the banner. I'm
1: gonna go finish the post. I'm gonna watch Fog of War. That's it. Thanks, Pryor. and I will talk to you guys next week.
2: Come on and vote for, Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America
0: The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The SIECLE, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join
1: me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The SIECLE, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and can be found wherever you get podcasts.